0: Welcome to Beyond the Pump, The California Fuels and Convenience Alliance podcast that goes beneath the surface of the California fuel industry, hosted by Mikey Muscatello and Beatrice Lamb. In this episode, we dive into the compelling journey of Taha Saleh, a prominent figure in the fuel and convenience industry. From humble beginnings in the family store to owning and managing his own gas station, Taha shares his profound connection with the business. We'll talk about the challenges he's faced, the tight-knit community he's cultivated, and the pivotal moments that shaped his industry path. Explore the impact of fluctuating gas prices, the rise of electric vehicles, and the ongoing battle against retail theft Taha opens up about the industry's response to legislative changes environmental policies and the crucial role of organizations like CFCA in supporting small businesses our conversation will touch on the future of gas stations highlighting the growing emphasis of fresh and homemade food offerings and the pivotal role these establishments play as cultural hubs in neighborhoods and towns tune in to uncover the stories that truly fuel our lives welcome to the captivating world of beyond the pump I want to introduce our very first guest on Beyond the Pump. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Taha Saleh. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Uh, should be an interesting conversation. I have some fun questions about the industry and just kind of your life and, and your experiences in the industry. And actually, we'll just go back right now. We'll just start from the beginning and kind of like walk us through like how you got started in the business and what inspired you to just continue in the fuels industry.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Yes, yeah, so I, I literally grew up, In the family business. Uh, My father came to California in 1979. I was born in 1982. And I literally, my first five years of my life were in the back of the store. Oh, wow. My dad dad built this little two-bedroom apartment attached to the store because he worked so hard. He worked so much. He didn't want to (laughs) leave. So he brought his family to the business. And so (laughs) my front door of my house was the back was, you know, went right into a store.
0: So, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yes. Little school. I had to go out the front door, go through the store, say hi to all the people that work there, say hi to my dad and walk to school. So um, <laughs> that's in that very store. I still, I still own to this day. So, and that area is my, now my office. So, wow. Yeah. that's
0: amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so
0: the, the house is, the, the house is no longer a house. It's just, it's the store in your office.
1: Yeah. So, if, so it's actually attached. It's like my dad built its addition to the store. And that now is one room is my office. Uh, another room is like a dry storage, like for, you know, like for items. Yeah. So we converted it.
0: Nice. Well, what, what, so then you know, just kind of growing up in it then, is that it was the store then just handed down to you? Is that what made you continue to do it? Or do you really love the fuel industry that much?
1: No, I, I really loved so the store became my life. Everything was, was centered on the store, right? Even when we left the store, when we moved down the street, everything started at the store. My dad was at the store. We went to the store before school, after school, store, store, store. So I I grew I grew to love it. And so even though I went to high school and you know wanted to be other things. I really loved what I did. And it just worked out that um after high school, I went straight to work for my dad. You know?
0: Wow. That's that's pretty lucky. And and, and then it seems to be working out for you in your favor right now, things are going pretty well, I, I assume with the, with the business. Um, what are some, what are some of the moments that kind of stand out that sort of, that besides that living in that house and you basically saying, you know, you kind of said that everything was the store, but what are like maybe one or two different things that sort of just sort of shaped your journey in this industry?
1: I'd say watching my father, how he operated, you know, his work ethic, uh, how he communicated with his community. You know, he it, our, our store became like the people the customers were like our friends it was like an yeah. extended family right so you have this this relationship with people you watch grow up you know there was no difference in the kids I went to school with and how they came after school and how we knew their parents it was all in a meshment. so uh that that was something I really enjoyed I'm like yeah this is, this is something where I get to participate in the people that I've grown up their lives and get to see and communicate and support and and help in many different ways so that was awesome that was like, know, yeah, that's
0: that's really cool because that kind of reminds me too of just me growing up and going to my corner store that was down the street from my dad's house. And I knew the owners and they knew my parents and, you know, it was just, you go there, and that's your store, that's your gas station. And it's, it's in your, it's in your area. And if the owners are the same owners the whole time, you do kind of grow up together and you do get to know each other. And is this kind of sense of community, which I think is really great about our industry, that there is sort of this sense of community outside of just, Outside of just us and the people inside the industry, it's the community itself that really is part of that community because they go to your store and they get to know you. And I love that about that. I think it's great.
1: Yeah, I, I even helped one of my customers pay for their wife's their daughter's wedding. Oh my gosh! Yeah. that Oh
0: wow! How are you got to tell us the story. How did that come oh, about? I
1: mean, it's it's just you know a, a really good customer that comes in all the time. And again, these are not customers no more. These are your family. These are your neighbors. And it's like, hey you know, uh, a lot of people don't have access to finance or a lot of people are living pay to check, paycheck to check, pay paycheck. So when you know somebody for 10, 15, 20 years, you've grown up with their, with their kids, you're like, Hey man, I'm, i I want to throw my daughter a wedding and you know, she's getting married shotgun. Can you support me? I'm like, yeah, here you go. Here's a stack that's, of money. Go, go do it.
0: <laughs> that's amazing, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Good yeah. for you. Dude, that that's, that's good. And what a great way to, 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 to still be a part of your community and even give back. Like that's really awesome. Uh, Really cool of you to do that. Um, well, things are a little bit different now than from when you when you started, when you grew up in the in the store. I'm sure. So, how has your shop sort of evolved into the business that it is today? Like, oh. what, what 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 did it start out as, and what is it now?
1: So, it started off as like a true. Neighborhood market, grocery, you know, at the time my dad had it, there wasn't, we were a little bit in the rural area. There wasn't the big supermarkets. We sold meat, we sold groceries. That was our business, milk, eggs, groceries. And then as the area kind of grew and more development and bigger towns, we had to, we had to pivot and kind of pivot more to the convenience side, which was, you know, more of your snacks, your prepared foods and lean heavily on fuel. um, Now that there was a lot of other competition, different ways. So and also services. You know, we do a lot of services. We support people paying their utility bills. Uh, we still support people, you know, uh, when they need to cash a check if, if they don't have time to go to the bank or you know, they come to us, you know.
0: Yeah. That's one of the greatest things about the about corner stores is you can go there and there are those services and I think a lot of people forget about that that you can go there and and a lot of stores do offer check cashing and do offer to help pay, you know, pay your utilities through the store. Um, it's kind of interesting to see how the the world has shifted from, or at least in your, your store, your business shifted from being a grocery store to now all these other things. I think, I think you had no choice, right? You, you kind of said it was just with all the, all the other stores that were opening up, you hadn't, you had to do it. You had to shift. And if yeah. you don't, and if you don't change, then what, then you get stuck, right? Then, then you get left behind.
1: Yeah. If you don't change or you shut down and you become something else. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, it kind of brings into the, this next part of the podcast here. There's a lot of challenges in our industry, you know, and as a gas station owner, I'd curious, like, what challenges do you face in, you know, you talk about your, your, your consumers and your, your, the people that shop at your store, they're your friends now, but how do you reach them and connect with them effectively in the industry? Like, is it because you see them every single day? Is there a lot of marketing involved in it? Do you connect on social media? What are you guys doing to stay connected to them?
1: So for us it's it's really a relationship of one on one, you know, touch points. So our our customer is a repeat customer. Our customers are our best our best, you know, advertising, you know, word of mouth. We try to treat them like family and we love them like family and, and they like coming back and, and they tell people about it. So that that's worked, that's continued to work and that works. Uh we are reaching out to a little bit of social media, but uh that's something we're starting to dip our toe into. We you you get you, you get to do that. Yeah. Uh, otherwise you again, it's like you gotta adapt, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. You do. You got to adapt. So, okay. I'm sure you probably get your fair share of customers who might be a little pissed off about the gas prices here and there and gas prices do fluctuate a lot. So maybe you can give, give some insight and kind of just maybe behind the scenes of what is the reason of these fluctuations so much and maybe just kind of discuss the impact on the business on your side and the, the impact it has on the consumer.
1: So definitely we, as, as, as an industry, me and myself, I love low prices. I'm sure <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. it's, it's, it's a win-win it's, it's more for the consumer to have to spend in the store. Uh, what I've seen pricing when prices gone up, it's been volatile. Usually it's because of, well, it's lack of, there's a lack of product, right? We talk about this all the time. California has a special blend of gas. Yeah. You can't just go get it from anywhere else. And so when you have, of recent, this this transition to this renewable fuels and all these other things, you don't have more. The pipe isn't big enough. It's it's the same refineries. It's the same amount of racks. You, you don't have more capacity. And so what do you do, you know? So you don't have enough product and we don't have product on a certain day. And there's more demand than, than, than supply. Prices go up and they go up extremely high. And that hurts us. It hurts our customers. We hear it. Um, luckily, uh, we've trained our, our staff to be loving, caring, Compassionate people, and to understand that uh, when they're paying a higher price, so is we, as owners and 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 and, and uh, employees. We pay we pay the same price. I don't pay us a, a lesser price because I own a gas station.
0: So you're not gouging. You're not just raising the prices yeah. just because you can. Is what you're saying? Like you're, it affects not just the consumer. It does affect your bottom line.
1: So imagine we're having to pay. 40%, 50% more for the same product and making less profit. So there oh, are times when the gas price is going up and we're dragging our feet. Like we don't want to raise the price. We are going up at, at the absolute last minute that we can. And there are times where we are in the negative in the red. Man,
0: that's rough. And then not only will that just have the impact on on people buying gas, but I'm sure those high gas prices then will push people away from even stopping at your establishment and then going in store in the store and spending even more.
1: Yeah. They're putting $5, $10 that they don't, I mean, they got to choose yeah. know, am I gonna take gas in my car, take my kid to school, or am I going to get that, that treat or that soda that I really, really wanted or whatever, you know? So they, most of the time they'll choose the gas.
0: And do you think that this has a little bit of impact on maybe the theft? Because I know that just within our community here at CFCA, we've had meetings and talks, uh, talks about the retail theft and even gas theft within the industry. What what are some of the challenges you've faced on that, and how's that a- it affected
1: you and your business? You know, uh, that's funny you bring that up. That's been that's been the topic of discussion lately with, with the retail theft. We've seen things get more brazen. Uh, fuel theft used to be somebody stole gas out of somebody's car in front of their apartment. Yeah. Now, now they're coming with vans with trap doors. Rolling up onto our our, our uh, where we where our gas drops at where our fuel drops
0: like with trap doors like a freaking movie. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's crazy.
1: Yeah, that used to be that used to be the the most brazen part of it was coming up after hours and, and stealing fuel like that. Now it's even taken a step further. Now they're rolling up in broad daylight, <laughs> at the dispenser wherever it can see with a U-Haul van or something, and just just stealing gas. I can't really say how, but stealing gas. <laughs>
0: That's rough. That's tough. And so have you seen any, um, any changes with your, you know, your community coming to those stations? Like, does that affect the um,
1: the customer base at all in your eyes? No, it, the, the, the The one part of the theft that affect the customer base the most was more of the credit card skimming theft. That's the one oh, that yeah. would, if your store ever was, Found to be somebody with that. That's like a death nail, man. That's like, yeah, and you can't recover from that. It's hard to recover from that.
0: I'll tell you. I can tell you that I've avoided. When I found out there's a gas station near my area that was reported in the news that somebody that had one of their skimmers on their machines outside, and I've never gone to that gas station again. So I can I can see how that would be super detrimental to you. Have you? Has there been any like like specific experiences in your store? Where somebody just stole whatever they wanted to. Like, do you have any any stories based on that? Like, is, is something that happened recently or anything like that?
1: Stories. I got videos for you when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I want to see that. Yeah. No, I, I uh, Cart, I, I had the pr- privilege of working with Cart over the uh, la- over last week in California, uh, was it California Against Retail Theft? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they created a little short, but there are some videos. So, so you asked me a question about the evolution of the store. Yeah. Also an evolution of retail theft that I've been a part of seeing, you know, growing up in the store uh, it was kids stealing candy bars just because they wanted a candy bar and didn't have the money. It was really innocent stuff that you would tell their parent. It'd be a good learning lesson. And you know, they, they move on in life. Now it's like, and then it went to like beer runs kids. Like, Hey, I just want a beer on a Friday night. You know, I don't know if I don't have to buy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to run out. And that, you know, that was, that was rare. Now I call it the beer stroll. It's not even like shame. They walk in, grab it, make eye contact and say, watch, watch me. See you later.
0: Yeah. And you can't do anything about that. Like in that moment in time, is the laws in California, the policies we have here prevent you from stopping that person?
1: It's, it's, it's going to cost. Yeah, it's, it's liability. You know, I can't, if I chase after him, you know, first of all, I'm not there. So it's my staff. If my staff chase after him, that's, that's, that's a liability. Yeah. Happens. If I hurt the person taking the beer, I'm liable now.
0: Do you remember, maybe it was a couple of months ago, sometime this year, I don't remember exactly when it was, but there was somebody who got caught. There was a couple of guys who, and I think it was in a Seven Eleven, where a couple of guys beat the crap out of somebody who was trying to steal cigarettes, I believe. Um, it, it, not... I don't know, I'm sure you don't know these people or anything, but I'm curious of like what, or if you, maybe you know what the outcome of that was, or if that store or the owner or the worker got in any trouble for that.
1: I believe the workers got fired. Oh my gosh. But there was such a backlash that I don't know if they got their jobs back, but there was such a backlash from the community in large that, Hey, no, no, this is is what we do. No. In in this beautiful country of ours, you don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Steal, not not the backlash like you don't steal and we'll and we'll, and we'll step up and, and stop you.
0: Do you think do you think that the community is not is fed up, is had enough with this going on? Like it for the past few years it's gotten worse. So do you feel that the community is fed up and they're ready to just like look, dude, we're tired of this and we're gonna help and we you go ahead and defend your store. No one's gonna be mad at you for that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean and and and, and what's what what's what's hurtful is uh depending on where community you're at in the state. It's it's like hey we're got your back you'll you'll be in one city and we got your back and you'll be in a different city I mean I hate to say it, a more liberal city and they don't care for you they're like nope nope nope
0: well you're absolutely right I mean it's not it's not not trying to be conservative versus liberal but you're right that that is what it seems like in the more liberal side of things they tend to just hands off they don't care they're they don't have your back that person is starving that person whatever let them live I think that that's insane. <laughs> just to allow people to come and steal with nine hundred and fifty dollars worth of stuff from a store before it even before they really even get in any trouble—that's crazy to me. Absolutely. So you kind of mentioned a little bit, just touched on electric vehicles and EVs. Let's talk about that some because that's kind of where we see that a lot in where our industry is headed. And I'm curious about where your your in uh, your enterprise to and enterprises is headed uh, with the rise of electric vehicles. What are your thoughts on the future of gas stations? and are you will you be shifting or will you be you are we i don't know if you have much of a choice you might have to shift like what do you see happening in the next i don't know five ten years with the fuels industry
1: well the the beautiful thing about the state that we live in it's it's very diverse It, it won't be an even rollout you'll you'll see in more of the metro areas a faster rollout i i happen to be in a more rural area a more uh area that's you know, more on the poverty side. So we'll see the last of it. So right now there are no plans for EV chargers, if that's the question. Okay. Ultimately, whatever the market demands, we do, right? We're yep. a business. And so if in five years or 10 years, like, hey, we need somewhere to charge and, and it's there for us, we'll, we'll provide it. And so I still see a strong uh, place for the fuel, the motor fuel business. Uh, it's until something changes, it's the most uh, quickest efficient way to get power, energy. It's true. Um, uh, and once we see the full price of what electric really does cost without subsidies, I'm sure that motor fuel will be uh, competitive for, for the time to come.
0: In California, um, from what I understand, California has stopped a lot of the subsidies and, and a lot of the tax breaks on EV vehicles and stuff. So I think people are starting to see that impact a little bit more. And they realize that why can't... Ooh, why can't we all get along? You know what I mean? Like that, I hate to say it like that, but why can't there be fossil fuels, gas, electric, water, wind? It doesn't make sense to me when that seems to only would just benefit humanity.
1: Right. Right. So I think one of the misconceptions that, that gas station owners are like greedy and they just want gas, gas, gas. I'm a, I'm a consumer and I'm a regular person and I know how it feels to what it costs to drive. Um, I myself, contrary to popular belief have a hybrid vehicle crazy right wow um, I didn't have a yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so i care about the cost of gas i i'm conscious of that just like all my consumers are so i'm all about what we're trying to do here but let's be realistic <laughs> And not like throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Well,
0: because that's what it seems like, right? It's like there are in this state, in probably a few other states, it's either we either going all in or nothing at all. But it doesn't make any sense to me why we can't just all multiple different options, as you said, as a consumer would want many different options.
1: Yeah. Choose choices, right? That's what that's what that's the American way. That's what we love. You know, you look at our shelves, we have. When you, anything, gum, candy, sodas, we have many choices. Why only in this category is there going to be only be one choice?
0: It doesn't make any sense at all. Do you think that, um, well, not, not do you think, but how, how do you, or this is one of the questions I have here is how does the industry respond to legislative changes and environmental policies? It seems like there's a lot of talk on you know you look at the taxes and the different fees that gas stations owners have to pay when it comes to storing your your gas and maybe environmental policies do you think that do you think that uh some some of those policies are a little a little too far maybe they've gone a little too far on the business when they're coming in and telling you you have to pay this you have to do that you have to do that when it almost just really impacts the consumer mostly
1: The biggest thing I've seen is the disconnect between the lawmakers who are running the laws and the general public who are having to go by the laws. Uh, One of the things that some of our organizations have been really keen about doing is inviting our lawmakers onto into the field. Right. Smart yeah and so uh yeah, I, I think a lot of times there's a lot of great ideas right on on, on paper and pa- on you know on the wall, but when you actually go into the real life and you try to implement them, it's not so great after all. so there are there is space to uh, uh, to take a look at the laws we have, and especially for retail theft, right? I mean just everything in general, you know just take a look at what we have, what what's going on, and let's let's retool. So there are a lot of laws that don't make sense that are not making the life of our constituents better.
0: Well, you're 100 percent right. And I believe, you know, I'm I'm sure B doesn't have this right in front of her. But, you know, there's this little sticker that we have that talks about the gas prices and the fees that that go into it. I, I know that we're trying to get that out to the public more and the consumer more so they can have a better understanding. And it's a it's a tough fight when it's you know cfca and the 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 entire industry up against the government and all these environmental groups that have all this money coming in because you know what for whatever reason for climate change and whatever it's really tough to get that message out there so what do you, how do you, how do you try to portray that try to get that message across to to the consumers as best as possible without saying hey it's not us it's them but but trying to just in a in a really nice, normal way for people to understand it, like kind of like we did with that sticker.
1: Right. Yeah. So the sticker is great. Putting stickers on your pumps really, really educates people. Um, having uh, a staff that's educated that knows is, nice. is, is another point that's helpful. Um, and it just really um, that's always a challenge. Right. How do you how do you get your how do you get the people that, you know, day to day that are so busy, educated and, and energized about what's really going on? And it's really one conversation at a time, man. Yeah,
0: it's definitely difficult. I know we do our part over here to try to get that message out there through social media and and you know whether it's with memes or whatever it is. I think that it's important for the consumer to get that. And you know, you play a big role in CFCA, and you know, we definitely appreciate you being a part of it. Now, and so for any any other businesses that may not be in our association here, what benefits do small businesses like yourself
1: receive from being a part of CFCA? I Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so uh, con- uh, connection, community—that's the biggest part. Community. Um, before CFC, I was on an island. Yeah. I, was doing th- I was going things alone. I didn't have the full picture. I didn't have a support system. And now, being a part of CFCA, I'm instead of being a reactive owner, I am a proactive owner. Um, I've created relationships with uh, my local elect, my local elected officials. Um, we are uh, being a part of CFCA. You're part of the conversation, right? You're creating instead of being uh, receiving, right? Yeah. Uh, and just just the, the the opportunities to have resources like stickers are uh, being abreast about the laws that are changing. I mean, I can't tell you how much how many how much money I've saved being a part of CFCA in fines, right? Oh, I'm sure,
0: yeah. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. So being a part of CFCA has saved me money, has created community, has saved me money and and just other other businesses like mine sharing resources, sharing best practices, so I don't have to uh, use human capital to figure something out that somebody else did.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and I think some people might look, you know, if there's competition. Everybody's in a competition, and we're, we're, it's it's a business. Everybody's a business, and everybody wants to make money. But I think when you look at it that way, like we can, each industry or each person, gas station owner, whether or or a hauler, whatever you want they can work together and, and pass that information on to each other. So everybody saves money and it only benefits the industry and it benefits, then it falls down and it benefits who, what matters, the consumer.
1: Right. Yeah. Efficiency. Yeah. The gas station owner, I learned real quickly the gas station, my, my competition isn't the next gas station. It never was. It was, it was uh, the laws that are trying to put, put us out of business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other retail channels that are trying to take from away from us. So yeah.
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense what's next for you?
1: Oh, what's next for me as far as in the convenient industry is definitely food service. That's something that people get to, to do, you know, food service. We're excited about that. Uh, getting more gourmet ish. Right. Right. Not mm-hmm. the typical corn dogs and burritos, but tri tip sandwiches and other amazing foods uh, to go along with our services. Um, yeah. And, and, just, and just, just being abreast of what's going on. And if it's electric chargers, it's going to be electric chargers. Uh, if it's battery pack swaps, it's battery packs. whatever, whatever, the, whatever dictates. But it's, but it's definitely moving uh, forward at 110%, uh, creating value for each of our customers and our yeah, our guests. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe more stores, if, if that's possible. Maybe a pivot to a different industry. We don't know yet. We'll see.
0: I think that's great. I think you should yeah. do that. And I do like you, you mentioned the food. Um, it does seem, and it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but more and more gas stations are really embracing the food side of things. And it's not just like you said, typical hot dogs or pizza or whatever. Like there's a, there's a place near where, where our office is that does really great tacos. There's some places that have really, really, really good chicken. And you said, tri-tip sandwiches, people are really branching out. And I don't, I think, I think, I think that there's a little bit of a stigma on gas station food, but the more we have that better food there, the less that's the, the
1: more that stigma goes away. Right. I'll tell, I'll tell everybody a secret. The same supplier that supplies your restaurant supplies us. <laughs> That's great. That's good <laughs> Look at the truck behind your your favorite re- food establishment, and you'll notice them. If you follow them, they're going to stop at a gas station.
0: What's the most interesting convenience store food that you carry?
1: Ooh, most interesting. You know, we do we do homemade fresh breakfast bagels and mm. breakfast burritos. Like we'll do, and we make our salsa in house. So. Uh, yeah, it's like a bacon, egg and cheese breakfast burrito with homemade foods also. That sounds delicious,
0: man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. See, that's what I'm saying. There's these gas stations and, and small stores branch out into that food. Like that's, that's good. That's a great idea because people are always on the go and people are always looking for something quick. I love that.
1: Right. And the emphasis is really on the made fresh. Like it's, it's, it's eggs cracked in the morning. It's, it's, it's potatoes that are uh, graded for hash browns nice so that's where we're going is how do we create everything in house we don't want to buy frozen stuff and just reheat
0: yeah that's good that's i think people like would like that too because uh, and you'll 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 taste the difference and i know it sounds cheesy to say but you will you'll you'll taste the difference in the food and that matters and as you mentioned at the beginning of the show here word of mouth is one of the biggest ways that you can be marketed. And if you're serving fresh food, that's delicious and people feel like they're part of the family when they walk into that establishment, that's the best way to go.
1: Yeah. The American gas station convenience store is such an amazing thing, man. It really is. It's, 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 it's a cultural hub for neighborhoods and towns. And it's one of those things that, you know, if we're not careful and we don't protect it, it will be missed. It's a hole that you can't fill.
0: You're hundred percent. Right. And in, in California is, it feels like they're doing a lot to, ruin that for us in a way just by preventing more gas stations from being built and you know these gas station bans and this gas ban and the bans on cars and whatnot it seems counterproductive right. <laughs> well Taha you know I don't want to take any more of your time it has been awesome talking with you and I learned a lot about you and your industry and I appreciate that and maybe you'll come back on the show sometime with a little bit of an update on things and where you're going with stuff but this is our first episode we thank you for coming on
1: thanks for having me it's an honor to be
0: the first one. I appreciate this. We appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much, Taha. You've been listening to Beyond the Pump, the California Fuels and Convenience Alliance podcast that goes beneath the surface of the California fuel industry. To find out more and join the California Fuels and Convenience Alliance, go to cfca.energy.